Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Comfort Watch, the podcast where we talk about the movies that we turn to time and time again for comfort. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my little auburn-haired nugget, Chrissy. Hootie hoo party, people. How are you? Oh, you know, we've done like a lot of stuff this week, so we actually have things to contribute. Oh, yeah. I've, I think I blocked it from my memory. <laughs> I'm so tired. My back hurts i feel like i'm 80 years old right now oh my god but this weekend we lived like we were 25 i'm still recovering and we didn't even do anything crazy no i didn't have alcohol the latest we stayed up was like 11 30 yeah oh god we're old why don't you tell the peeps what we did well uh saturday your friends they're your friends but through you your your friends Rebecca and Emily planned like a restaurant. To be fair, call. you were invited to this before I was. Yes. Well, I told them to not invite you because they said you you don't you don't care about going to restaurants. And I don't. No, you just want a Caesar salad, and you don't care where it's and from. I, not one place had a Caesar salad. No, but they did have Diet Coke. Thank God. Yeah, of course. So they took us on a tour of Hamilton, our hometown, which we haven't been to in a very long time. Mm-hmm. To like at least socially go out there, nothing that has was we went to I knew existed in any way, shape, or form. People ask me all the time, like you're from Hamilton, where would you go to eat? Don't know, I have no clue. Now I could tell you a place. Yeah, I always say Bread Bar, but it's because that's been around for a very long time. I can't tell you anywhere else to go. But yeah, now we we went to a couple places. We went to a place called Synonym very briefly. Um, that one. You know, we might need a different... We might need to try it a little bit more. So here's what I'm going to tell everybody. (laughs) Read the menu. Well, no, we did. And it didn't say orange wine there. No, we read the menu and then everything we asked for, he went, oh, this is our old menu. We're changing menus, but we don't have the new menu yet. And we're like, sir, we don't want this menu then. Exactly. So you ordered a wine. He goes... There's a better wine. This one doesn't exist anymore, but there's a better wine. And you get it and you're like, I don't like it. And after he says that to you, I go, well, are the iced teas still in the menu? And he goes, no. I'm like, okay. It's nothing is. <laughs> so what is available, sir? So yeah, I bought like a $9 mocktail that took him about 40 minutes to bring to us. And then we left pretty soon after because we had a reservation to get to somewhere else. Across the street. Yeah. So I would say don't go in transitional times. And maybe, like, we didn't really eat the food. No, there. we didn't. Rebecca and Emily did. But so, okay. One of the things is that I'm not great with understanding certain accents. And I'm also not great for asking for clarification because I don't want to seem rude. Yeah. So this man told me that apparently everyone else heard him say that I was ordering an orange wine. I did. I didn't. So I just smiled and like kept going with it. I thought you were being adventurous. Absolutely. If there's one thing you need to know about me, I will never take chances with food or drink. I just thought you were being adventurous. I've only ever tried one orange wine in my life and I did not like it. They're kind of rare and they're kind of gross. When he brought it, I thought it was a mistake. I was like, what color is this? Yeah, it looks like pee if you have bad kidneys. And I, I, it was just like not... It was not delicious. I I really did chug it. And that was my one of two drinks for the night. But it was not great. And he like looked at me so proudly. And first of all, I thought he was just coming to our table to say hello because he was wearing a denim shirt, which turned out to be an apron. It was an apron, but the apron ended at his waist, not 
started at his waist. Yeah. It ended. So it was like a child. A bulletproof vest. It was like a child's apron that he had on from the neck to the belt. That's a great one. Yeah. A smock. And, a yeah. crafting smock. And, but it was an apron. But So I put the pieces together, but you were like, hello. Like he was a passerby <laughs> <laughs> wearing a really weird denim top. But I was like, that's our server, honey. And uh, he was cute. He's just... Um, no, nothing was going it was just like a series of unfortunate events at yeah. this place and it, then we're like oh we have a reservation in 10 minutes and our drinks aren't even here yet so yeah yeah and then the second place was called le tambour yeah le tambour i don't know i'm i'm not french so le tambour say so you're going to just start saying tambourine and then it just stop yeah i liked that place a lot it was very like rustic hipster the place it was uh, replacing was like the sketchiest <laughs> yeah what was it this ain't hollywood is yeah. that what it was before yeah where i wouldn't like i would need a tetanus shot to walk in there yeah and now it's beautiful Gorgina. Even the bathrooms were nice they have the little penny floors the black and white beautiful. like everything about the place was nice and the food was great it was okay <laughs> you don't know if- I don't know food, but I know what I don't like, and what I don't like is ordering for a table. No, but the French fries were great. French fries were great. The um, we polenta sharing, was great. We love sharing a French fry. Of course. But, like, you guys ordered a plate of oysters, <laughs> and I don't like oysters. I know. And I'm then sorry. I don't like, so I wanted to order a vegetable thing and a polenta thing for myself, but then everyone was like, no, let's we'll order for the table. And I was like, okay because <laughs> you, you were like i'm hungry and I, we're, we're like let's all have little bites of everything i know uh, i was not here to experience i know experiment i know i think the third place i don't know may have been my least favorite me too i'm not sure so we went from that place which was great service was great food was great atmosphere was great and then went to we skipped a place which i now i'm gonna go back to mm-hmm. um our my friend natalie is gonna have her birthday party there so i'm like mm. yes i get to go back and uh, that was Electric Diner. And we went to Brothers Grimm, which is like a basement dungeon bar looking. I guess it's supposed to be like a wine cellar vibe. Yeah. Um, but I just was like, some like rich idiot dude owns this place and is like, you know what's fucking cool? An $18 cocktail that's smoky. And I know we did order it. Yeah. Well, not me and you, but Emily did because it's like kind of what they're like known for yeah. is this like smoky cocktail. But it was all just kind of bullshit. <laughs> it wasn't... The location wasn't great. No. And the menu wasn't great. The service wasn't great. No. It wasn't great. Everything about it was a flop. We were on some kind of weird raised booth that also made it feel weird. I felt weird. Behind the loudest people I've ever heard. Yeah. It, like, there's only one other group in the entire place, and they put us right beside them, and Rude. they were so loud. And then and it was just like everything about it was like, I don't want to be here. Like, I wish you went to Electric Diner instead. But the the the, the thing with this restaurant tour, they hadn't been to these places either. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they were like, this is going to be amazing. They want to try these places, too. So it's not anyone's fault. Yeah. But the French fries were good. It was fun. I just wish we had started a little bit earlier in the night because like a lot of the kitchens closed at 10. Yeah. And so it would have been nice to just have like, a little bit more time since I feel like before everything was so rushed when you would sit down at a restaurant they'd be like let's get you in and out whereas yeah. this time it was really like enjoy yeah sit and enjoy I know and so it took a little bit longer I know but then the next day no wait something else happened oh. that night we got hit on by a car full of I don't know 15 year olds 17 year olds I'm gonna say it was legal I'm gonna say like 19 
that one the kid I'm gonna tell who yelled myself, at us i'm gonna tell myself it was i 19. don't know i don't know and they were all going to club 77 which is i guess like a hot spot in hamilton i talked to my sister who works at the university and she's like oh yeah club 77 that's like the spot there's a lineup to get into there and then a, a car full of kids was like what are you bad bitches up to tonight yeah yeah it, it was, was bad and you gave the best line i said i'm, <laughs> I'm in a book club with your mom yeah. i yelled back at the car it was so it was it took me out like by surprise like my face i i perp- like my face just doesn't it just betrays me. Yeah. And I kept thinking, like, look neutral. Otherwise, you're going to get shot. Like, just look neutral. But mm-hmm. it was... That was a weird end it to was the night. It was weird, yeah. So the next day somehow was more weird, less weird. I'm not sure. We went to a Buffy drag brunch. Yeah. my I posted a story. My mom went, that was an interesting party you went to. And I said, yeah. She goes, was it someone's birthday? And I was like, nope, just a drag brunch, mom. In Toronto, right? No, mom. That was in the city you live in. (laughs) It was. um, Listen, we're very proud allies. Like, I loved it in theory. Yes. There was just like, we need to edit. We need to edit the routines. Yeah. Down to, it's like when someone does a full karaoke song, like, we need to do like a, a minute of every song. Yeah, I just, I feel like Hamilton drag queens probably don't have the privilege of not having a day job and they just didn't have the time to like dedicate to things like they would but the thing i told everyone about it so like especially because there's all these like drag bands in the states which i think is so ridiculous because this was the most wholesome other than the fact that there was like half naked gyrating men slash women on the floor it was everyone was like I kept looking around. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's having a great time. Everyone's, but no one's like going, no one's yelling. No one's being weird. Everyone's smiling, tapping their hands on the tables, handing out $5 bills while smiling like longingly at, at the performers. It was like the most like wholesome, warm environment. And they're like, like, come take pictures with us. And everything was, it was, it was just like the friendliest place I've ever been. Which was great. Yeah. I felt like no like no one cared what was happening it was just like a nice place to be and everyone seems so kind and like i don't know it's just honestly wholesome i yeah. know it wasn't in theory but it was it was like i don't know everyone yeah was there was so nice. no um like like no it was yeah it was a daytime drag brunch where everyone was just happy yeah, and there cheerful was, there was no one in the audience that was like oh they're too drunk or they're a problem yeah. or or like even like i didn't feel like othered in any way like everyone just seemed so like cool and normal and food was good i'll say that Uh, my food that i ordered was good no my food was horrible (laughs) and i had like three bites and then i felt so sick for the rest of the day that i couldn't fucking function i thought it was great i ate the whole thing up no i was literally looking at your meal like i had never eaten before mm-hmm. in my life i was like eyeing it so hard i was gonna be like i saw your salad because uh what i ordered you know i see eggs benedict's like my favorite thing and i when i see it i always get it and it said mozzarella stick eggs benedict and i was like that sounds gross but probably fine no it was just two hunks of fried cheese like and by hunks i mean like iphone sized pieces of fried cheese layered on top of each other with two eggs on top and hollandaise sauce and after like a bite i was like i need to go to bed Mm -hmm. and then laura got it too and laura's like 
that gave me bubble guts. Like, yeah. we were just done. Well, she's lactose intolerant. Why so did she, she do that? that? I know. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have ordered that. But I get, I have this thing. I get panicked. Like, I wasn't, uh, that wasn't what I was ordering. And then when she asked, I was like, uh, mozzarella sticks. <laughs> that wasn't what I was going to get. I'm sure the place is better. It is a pizza joint. So, and this was Moody's. Arcade? Arcade, Bar and arcade? Yeah, pizza and arcade. I'm not really sure. It's on um, George Street. Is that? I can't remember. But there's across the street's Electric Diner. And next to it is Seoul, I believe, which is like a really good Mexican place. So it's in Hess. If you've been mm-hmm. to Hamilton, you've been to Hess. You might not remember it being in Hess, but yeah. <laughs> during the day, it's very wholesome. Yeah, it was great. It was a good time. And then I came home and crashed because I was so tired from two things. But yeah. We did it. Yeah. We did it. Uh, let's take a break and then we'll come back with some of our recommendations for the week. And we're back. We are back. What do you have this week for everyone to help make their lives a little bit cozier, a little comfier? So I actually had a really good comfort wreck and then it blew up in my face. But I'll explain what happened and then maybe there's like tidbits from it you can still use. So I did something I haven't done in a very long time and I got a library card. Having fun isn't hard when you've got <laughs> a library card. And they're super friendly and the reason I got it is I heard that you can get free uh, audiobooks too and and obviously free book books and then ebooks. And uh, I wanted to get a Kindle and I thought this is great and I'll just get the books for free. So I got I got the library card. I came home all excited. There's an app called Hoopla that you can like search libraries and you can download right from there uh, any ebooks you want. You can even download like TV shows and stuff and it's like, you, it connects directly to your library. The only problem is it doesn't connect to Kindles. And I technically have the book for free on my phone if I want to read it on my phone. But yesterday my Kindle arrived in the mail and I was so excited. So I ended up buying it on my Kindle for 10 bucks. But yeah, so you can't actually use the free books on your no. Kindle. So something to note. I did not Google that ahead of time because it did not occur to me that the, an e-reader file wouldn't be able to be added to an e-reader. But apparently in the States it's different. And of course in Canada things never line up, you know. What other kinds of e-readers are there? So the one it will work on is a Kindle Fire because Kindle Fires are just a tablet. And I didn't want a tablet. Like I've had iPads. We literally have like a some kind of tablet in the drawer over here that I haven't touched in forever. And the difference is the paper whites or whatever that I bought have like a lifespan of like ten weeks apparently. So like you never have to charge it. It's not bulky. It's not a tablet. All it does is it's essentially just a tiny book. It's a book that's not as heavy. That's a little smaller. It does have a little bit of a backlight, but you can turn it off. A Kindle Fire is like a tablet where you can then download the Hoopla app yourself onto the tablet and then have the books. But I thought you download it on your phone and then send it to your Kindle. It has Wi-Fi. I don't know. So that was going to be my recommendation. I have now used the Kindle one evening and uh, I like it a lot better than reading a book. Wow. I'm a technology girly. You are. Yeah. And like, I also... (laughs) This might be TMI, but I take medication that makes my hands go numb. It makes everything go numb, like my lips, my face, my feet, everything. So I have trouble holding things for too long because I it hurts. So mm. I don't – the one thing that sometimes I just stop reading because I can't hold the book anymore. So this is kind of nice. I also have carpal tunnel. Oh, okay. Yeah. I owned a bakery. You did? Yeah. 
I, wow. I used to make thousands of cupcakes a morning. So now my, my feeble little 35-year-old thingies can't hold a book. So wait. So every time you want something from the library, what do you got to do? You got to buy it? Uh, no. Well, if you want an ebook on your Kindle, you there are free ones. Like there's books that are kind of like older or less desirable that you can just get for free. But you have to just buy through Amazon the ebook. However, though, so like this book, this month for the um, the book club, the book is the Hex X. I think it's called like the Hex X, a novel. To buy it was twenty five, twenty six dollars to buy like the actual physical copy, and to get the ebook was nine dollars or nine ninety. So you know, girl math, girl math. Well, the Kindle went on sale for forty dollars off. Then I saved fifteen dollars on the book. Kindle's almost free by now, mm-hmm. and it's been one day. Wow. So. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. What else you got? That's all I had. I guess my comfort rec is not really a recommendation, but it's more like an urging. So I saw this TikTok that said that because we're seeing so many pictures of Taylor Swift, most of us are considering, what if I could pull off bangs? I saw that too. And I think that many of us are. I know I am. I was like, I could do it. But I always have to remember blonde hair and dark hair, we don't look the same. Yeah. So... I'm going to a Taylor Swift album release party at Sarah Jenkins' house. Are you really? And for my outfit, I ordered clip and bangs Great. that I saw all over TikTok. Like mm-hmm. these people are like showing them and I was like, I can do that. And they're like 20 bucks. So 20 bucks for a removable regret? Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. Girl math. Yeah. So that's my, if you're considering bangs, if you're considering making a drastic change yeah go on amazon and buy them like 20 bucks well time is money and to grow back out those bangs that costs so much i also don't have enough hair for bangs i think you do i don't think so i know but they end up very looking very little girl i have a very small forehead yeah so do i i have like a three head yeah i do too i get it and so yeah that's my recommendation so i ordered those and then what's my other recommendation okay this is not new they don't need anybody like me telling people about them but i've gone like down a very big basement yard wormhole oh yeah these boys are so cute like i think like whenever i think of men's podcasts or media for men i find it very threatening yeah, and, and also they kind of like, usually they're telling guys to be a certain way. Yeah. Or like, this is how you do this. And these guys are not that. Not that. They, no. and the one host specifically, his, his name's Frankie. Him mm-hmm. and his wife are so mm-hmm. friggin' cute. And their baby, yeah. They're two babies. They have two babies? And she has a son and he loves his stepson so much. And I just was like, I went down this like wormhole of looking at their life and being like, these are the men that guys should be listening to mm-hmm. and I think girls listen to to be like, well, oh, they're really not that scary. These men are not that scary. Yeah. So that's my They seem like regular dudes. They're so funny. And they're not going to tell you to like get, you know, go on alpha brain or that there's like a chip in a vaccine or anything. They're just going to make you laugh. They're Schmidt and Nick. They are. They, they are really Schmidt are. and Nick. That's true. And I think I was saying this to Laura I'm a Joe girl mm-hmm. who married a Frankie. <laughs> yeah. Joe is who I would like. Frankie's who I would end up with. Yeah. Because that that's a, a Schmidt and a Nick. That is. Yeah. yeah. You're Schmidt. I'm apparently to, Schmidt. I've been trying to tell you this. My husband's you know. Nick Miller to a T. Yeah. <laughs> Frighteningly so. <laughs> 
if he befriended an old man in a park, I would not be surprised. Oh, no, not at all. Absolutely. If he not. thought he met himself from the future, I wouldn't be surprised either. <laughs> too. Uh, he's growing a mustache. Have you seen his mustache lately? Well, you sent me a photo. Sent- I haven't seen. I haven't seen the progress. It's a. Uh, I thought he was using my Revitalash on his his uh, <laughs> upper lip, but he's actually just using like a, a face roller like 50 times a day. And it looks like I like men with mustaches. We all know I love Pedro Pascal, mm-hmm. but I never thought through the actual kissing someone with a mustache. Yeah, you can't do it for very long. I've dated a lot of men with beards. Beard you can't burn. do it for that for very long. Yeah, you, and it's really irritating. I, but I think he looks great. And he's like scared to go out in public and like see people. Really? And I'm like... But he, I think he saw me watching Basement Yard and saw them that they both have facial hair. Yeah. And he, I think he, I'm just, I'm a fangirl in all aspects of my life. But now I've got my own very own little mustachioed man at home. And it's, it's it all works out in the wash. <laughs> she believed she could, so she did. Yeah. That's should, all I did. You should get one for Max for Halloween. Just a little mustache. They can be. They Super can Mario be. together? They could be Super Mario together. That'd That's be nice. That's so funny. That'd be hilarious. That actually would be really good. That's a good father-son combo. That's a good tie-in to like our fall episodes, Halloween. I was just like, is it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> so yeah, we're doing a little something different this week. Which I liked. I Yeah, it's good. I just, it's hard to look at something with fresh eyes that I've seen a thousand times. It is. And the thing I've seen a thousand times is Gilmore Girls. This week, we decided we were thinking a lot about fall movies, and I think in the future, we'll do some more fall heavy hitters like Hocus Pocus, Mm -hmm. Halloween-specific movies, or maybe even horror we'll dabble in one time. Oh, yeah, I never really... We should do Scream! Well, maybe next year. So this week, we decided to pick each pick an episode of Gilmore Girls that we felt encapsulated fall energy Mm -hmm. and watch them. So, what did you pick? I didn't pick either. Yes, you did. Which one did I pick? You picked They your, Shoot Gilmores, don't oh, they? Oh, I picked your favorite episode. You did. <laughs> they Shoot Gilmores, don't they? And I picked Ted Koppel's Big Night Out. Yes. Yeah, so, They Shoot Gilmores, don't they is from season three. I'm not sure what episode it is. Oh, I've got you, baby. Oh, okay. Season three, episode seven. Okay. And then what's the other one? Ted Koppel's Big Night Out is from season four, episode nine. Mm-hmm. We're going to begin, I think, in order with uh, They Shoot Gilmore's, Don't They? Yes. So- it helps to explain where everybody is because there's other things that are going on that are very, like, around the, the main story of the episode, which is obviously something ridiculous because it's Gilmore Girls. Uh, yeah. Yes. So we will take a little break and then we will come back and dive into the magical fall autumnal world of Stars Hollow. And we're back. We are back with what I have said in a previous TikTok. And to anyone who will listen is my favorite and what I think is the best episode of Gilmore Girls. Encapsulating all of the quirk, the town charm, mm-hmm. the relationship drama of our lead characters. It's it first... Um, premiered in november 12 2002 so we're in fall back end of halloween fall mm-hmm. but it's it's start to finish great television this is a classic like this is when you think of gilmore girls it's this it's mm-hmm. town related there's relationship things there's things unsaid there's a lot of it's laying the groundwork for a lot of things but moving plot yes but with the backdrop of a stupid town thing that only 
it would happen in Stars Hollow. So magical. Mm-hmm. I will note, so this is your favorite episode. And when you got married a few years ago, there was a quiz at your bachelorette that I didn't know was coming, asking all of your favorite things. And I got every answer right. Mm-hmm. Well, they let everyone go around the room and try to answer. And if they couldn't answer, I was allowed to yell what it was because I knew the answer. And no one knew your Gilmore Girls. I knew it. And everyone guessed different Taylor Swift songs, but I knew which one mm-hmm. was number one. Getaway car. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, no, it was, yeah, it was getaway car, but everyone else said Wildest Dreams, and I said, that's our second favorite. <laughs> <laughs> getaway car's number one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so this is your favorite episode. Why is it your favorite episode? Do you want to go into that? Yeah, I think, so I, doing some research for this episode, I learned that it's also Amy Sherman Palladino's favorite episode. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And, um, one of three. She also likes um, Rory's two birthdays, and she likes, uh, what was the last one that she said? The road trip to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Or Rory's birthday parties and the road trip to Harvard. Mm-hmm. I think I love, well, number one, it's fall. Yeah. I loved the Jess, Rory, Dean triangle. We all know triangle, my favorite shape. And I just love that it was, it's coming to a head in the most Stars Hollow public humiliating way mm-hmm. where we see that Rory is, can no longer hide her attraction for Jess that's coming out as disgust. And I think yeah. we've all been there when we're like fixated on somebody, especially in our teen years, but yeah. we don't really, we can't admit to ourselves that it's because we like them yeah she was negging him the whole time the whole time but you're like doing that for i also love whenever the show has like this reverence for the 30s and 40s -hmm. like with the dar and they always do like a themed like when they had the themed dar thing where rory's in the victory rolls it's like a very uso type energy yes and i just love that everything that happens in this episode happens in one place Mm -hmm. pretty much and we have a great moment with uh, Luke and Lorelai, mm-hmm. but we also have a great moment with Lane and Dave. Yes. So I feel like all of my girls in this move in this episode are getting even Suki, even Suki, they're yeah. getting something relationship wise that is driving us forward to the back end of season three, which top to bottom, season three, my favorite. I know you don't agree, but I feel like this is just everything you could want in one episode like if i was going to show somebody why i love gilmore girls it'd be this episode or uh tiskita tasket or festival of living art that would be my three tiskita tasket's like a few episodes before this too i will say though i enjoy season four and beyond the most season three is when it hit its stride it is its mm-hmm. quintessential season i will give you that right it doesn't mean it's my favorite. There's something with Gilmore Girls that people love so much that I just never felt about it or like never felt personal to me. And those are in the early seasons. Right. I don't know why. Just like later seasons. Season one, catching our stride. Season two, introducing Jess, I think really showed us where they were going with this of like Rory's going to start fucking up. Yeah. Which I think to her is such a foreign concept. I think we've all had a boyfriend named Dean. I, my first boyfriend's name was Dean, who was like the first guy who from at first glance looks like he's ticking all the boxes, but on deeper inspection, they're just not the person for you, right? Yeah. And then Jess Mariano, to me, what a, like I would have wasted years pining over this boy. Yeah, I do think we'll get to it, but the, the thing he says to her at the end of the episode, I don't know why I find so romantic. Yeah. I love the idea of a guy who acts like he doesn't like you and then it turns out he does. Yeah. I don't know why. That's, That's high school. I know. I think it's like also like the Mr. Big thing. It's 
a man who looks like he could take you or leave you, but then when you say, like, do you want this? And he says yes, it's, like, so much more validating than, than a guy who would chase you for days. Yeah. Which is why Dean sucks. I also, I think it's interesting because you love the backs and the seasons where Rory isn't really in Stars Hollow. Like, she comes and goes. Yes. And I love, I have this strange sense of homesickness for stars hollow yeah even and it's nostalgia obviously but first it's something that i've never had like even off the top in this episode it starts with a pan of the town with just covered in pumpkins and hay bales Mm -hmm. and really it's been like that since the start with like the lazy hazy days of summer Mm -hmm. and i was just thinking to myself i'm like i would put up with a taylor dosi oh who could make my town look this magical yeah. all the time. Absolutely. I No one locks their doors in Stars Hollow. I can tell. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking, actually, you know why, though, the later seasons I might like more is I prefer the backdrop of Yale and the Dragonfly to Chilton and the Independence Inn. Like, I think that, like, the ac- where the actual scenes often take place, I prefer those backdrops. Mm-hmm. Then Chilton, I always like whenever a scene comes up that's in Chilton, I don't want to watch it. I don't know what it is. It's not my favorite either. I don't, I don't love the the girls that are at that school. I don't care about the puffs. I, just something about that whole time isn't intriguing to me, but I, I like her, the, the dynamic of everyone in her social life at Yale a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be it. I think it's a little triggering for us to see girls in kilts. Um, yeah, <laughs> as going to Catholic school. Were your kilts blue? No, they were red. Oh, mine were mine were green. So every time I see just kind of that aesthetic of schoolgirl aesthetic, I just am taken back there where I'm like, I don't fit in. No, I don't fit in. I don't belong. Did you wear a kilt? I never wore a kilt all through four years. One time, and I was like, this is not practical yeah. at all. There's no pockets. I also have like this like triggering by Paris and how much she cares about school Mm -hmm. because I hung around with girls like that who were like everything needs to be perfect 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 and it just made me and I just realized in later in life no one gives a shit no just just do good but no one gives a shit yeah about whatever you know what your grades are Mm -hmm. in the end um so even though there was like a touch of Chilton in this episode I still feel like it largely happens in the Stars Hollow High gymnasium yes that's true which is fantastic Mm mm-hmm Okay, let's go. Okay, so the premise of the entire episode is that there is a a dance-off. Is that what you'd call it? It's a it? dance marathon. Dance marathon. So you have to dance for 24 hours and mm-hmm. stay. There's a lot of rules. You have to stay upright. can't slow down. You can depart for a moment if you like put down a flag or something and it starts off with Lorelai trying to find the perfect dance partner and she wants Luke because she's like you're sturdy you'll hold me up and obviously Luke who does not fuck with town stuff is mm-hmm. like absolutely not I'm not taking part in this though even though in the end he ends up being there and stuff because Luke is such a sucker for this stuff he's like I'm not taking part so then she finds another partner and would she say he was in Riverdance or something yes and his wife won't let him dance with her because she looks like Elizabeth Taylor. There's always this thing of everyone wants Lorelai. Yeah. There is. She is gorgeous. And I also, I love that they always, again, they always reference older movie stars like Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood. <laughs> they always reference older movie stars and they talk about her because she's this like timeless beauty, which I love though because it's not, it's not like 
they don't over sexualize her the odd person does and she's very like short with them Mm -hmm. but a lot of people just talk about how she's like classy and beautiful and timeless which i love also this is the nicest i've ever seen emily treat lorelei so at that dinner when she finds out she doesn't have a dance partner emily goes don't worry you can use my asparagus to to pretend they're talking later or something Mm -hmm. like that like you can do a little like a comedy sketch essentially with my asparagus that's the nicest i've ever seen emily communicate with lorelei which i really enjoyed so uh, at the end lorelei deduces the best partner she could possibly ask for is her own daughter rory right so they dress up and they go what is it like 4 a.m 6 30 yeah they had 6 30 to 6 30 they head down to the gymnasium to start dancing so this is where my research comes in okay so the, obviously the premise of the episode is a dance-a-thon mm-hmm. um the title is from they shoot horses don't they which was a book was it from 1935 about a man who kills his dance partner after more than 800 hours of dancing no. It was later turned into a movie in 1969 by Sidney Pollack, who did The Way We Were, mm-hmm. and it's starring Jane Fonda. I love that. That's a great callback. So the this. premise of the book is after 879 hours of dancing, this couple, there's a, a murder at a dance marathon. This couple, after the whole dance marathon, the woman asks, she asks her dance partner, she hands him a gun and asks him to shoot her. And when the police ask him why he shot her, he said, they shoot horses, don't they? As if to like put them out of their misery. Mm-hmm. So this episode, they shoot Gilmore's, don't they? A lot of it is putting Rory out of her misery of of this Dean in Just Triangle. But I didn't know any of this about dance marathons. So I decided to do some research and I was like, why is it 30s themed? Like 20s, 30s, they say 40s, but it turns out that dance marathons started in the 1920s and became an endurance competition that really reached their peak in the Great Depression when people needed money, yeah, they needed shelter, and they needed food. So basically, if you were participating in a dance marathon, which could have gone on for thousands of hours, thousands and of hours. And they 24, and it was horrible. Right. You would be, be fed, housed, and if you won, there's a, a story that I read where basically the main prize was $1,000, which equates to $17,000 now. Wow. So, re- yeah, so even if you weren't a dancer, you were hoofing it to just get through the depression so there were some rules you had to be moving or dancing at least for 45 minutes out of the hour and they would give you like a 15 minute break but you where you could stand or like lean against stuff but still have your feet moving Mm -hmm. and then every few hours you could lay on a a bed like like they kind of had that break for coffee breaks people during these competitions used to eat bathe, shave, and read the paper while dancing. Wow. One of the most famous uh, dance marathon dancers, her name was June Havoc, described how the contestants shaved on stage, wrote letters, washed themselves, ate while keeping their feet moving, and even had sex under blankets on the dance floor. What? Horizontal hustle, baby. (laughs) For June Havoc, she danced for four months straight, only sleeping 15-minute intervals. Can you imagine? Why is she, how did she stay alive? I have no idea. But the reason why that these <laughs> these dance marathons stopped becoming so popular was people got started to see how bad lack of sleep is for you. Yeah. And in 1923, a 27-year-old man named Homer Morehouse tragically collapsed and died after dancing for 87 hours. So dance marathons were immediately banned in Boston, Los Angeles in that year. But then they took off again in the 30s. So this doesn't really make sense. 
But in 1928, a woman from Seattle named Gladys Lenz attempted suicide shortly after finished competing in a dance marathon. During the contest, she was punched in the jaw by her partner, who seemingly suffered from psychosis due to sleep deprivation. Wow. I had no idea. I thought these were just like wholesome little things that we were doing no. in like dance competitions. No wonder it's such a traumatic episode because this is a traumatic event. Yeah. And um, you, do you like Jack's mannequin? No, I don't think so. No? I don't know. I know of. I think Jack's mannequin is one of like the most important bands to me in my life. Um, <laughs> They're going to say of like the 20th century. No, but I, lear- I knew about this because... Their one music video for Dark Blue is dance marathon themed, oh, where okay. everyone's like collapsing from dancing. So I remember hard. this, yeah. A couple things to note about this episode Amy Sherman Palladino wanted to do this episode for years, but because of the cost of having so many actors and background artists, uh, she couldn't do it. So when she finally got to season three and they had enough money, this mm-hmm. is when they did it. And that's why it's one of her favorite episodes of all time. Oh, because it's like a marker for success. Yeah. That's cool. I had a question for you. Yeah. Oh, another thing. How long did I dance for? About 13 and a half minutes. (laughs) This episode was also directed by Kenny Ortega, who did like High School Musical, and he directed Hocus Pocus. Wow. So he's a dance guy Mm. doing this episode. Wow. That's impressive. I did a lot of research for You this. did? Wow. I'm, like, really impressed. I'm surprised this information... I'm not surprised that you found it. I'm surprised this information exists for you to find. Well, there's, like, whole Guinness World Records, like, pages about the longest dance yeah. marathons. I just think it's so sad that these people were doing it out of necessity to I survive. Know. And yet here we are trying to win a tarp for a bridge. I was going to say, it. I was going to interrupt you and be like, and they were trying to raise money for a tarp for a bridge. Yeah, my question is, how long would you dance for? And what would it take to get you to participate in a dance marathon? How much money is there? Honestly, the thing. I, I don't know if you could name a figure that would make me think I had a chance of doing it. I don't know. I can't remember. Someone asked me something the other day, like, would you do this for $5 million? I said, absolutely not. They're like, you wouldn't? Money does not motivate me at all. No way it should. No. No. But if someone was like, slap your mother, I'd be like, okay. But if someone said dance, no. I know. Like, dance and maybe win. Not if you dance for 24 hours, I'll give you this money. It's you still have to win. Yeah. If you made me walk around downtown for two hours, I'd be so sore. I wouldn't be able to do anything the next day. So I don't even know how I could do a dance competition. I resonated so deeply with Babette and Morty where she's like, okay, I'm yeah, done. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I definitely, I would always participate because I like would have FOMO in that town all the time. I'd have to be part of everything. Absolutely. But yeah, I'd be like, we did it. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Why would you tell me you dated Liam Neeson? <laughs> it's so good. I think that's one thing, too, that I just love that everybody from the nurses, from Stanley's wife, like mm-hmm. they're going full costume. Yep. Yeah. Even though I don't look like I do, I love a themed party. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, I don't know, everyone's buy-in is so wholesome. Even though this has dark origins, this dance marathon, perfection to me. Yes. Absolute it's, perfection. It's great. It also shows that, like, because they say this happened last year or it's about time for that to happen. Like, it shows the history of the event because they knew that they were going to get in a fight about Liam Neeson or about something. So this is the, f- is this the fifth annual or we've just believed that Kirk's won for the last five years? I think we just know Kirk's okay. won for the last five years. Okay. Kirk's Funny how this time. never comes up again in, st- in st- uh, the movie. No, that's the thing. Right? No yearly things come no. up another time. Ever. Yeah. 
That's so true. I just put that together. Yeah. That it never comes back up. Because I think it'd be boring for us to for the for them to do that. I would still but, absolutely watch it though. Like the 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 winter festival. Yeah. Does that ever happen again? I don't think so. No Bracebridge dinner. I mean, that's a different inn. But yeah, but yeah, nothing ever happens a second time. No. Oh well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's my little factoids. Mm-hmm. And there used to be. Uh, I, what I did notice there there were like same sex couples who would dance. Yes. So uh, I, I was like, I was wondering, would Lorelai and Rory be allowed? But even in the thirties, everyone was like, yeah, you got you got four feet, let's roll. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, as long as they weren't the ones with the blankets on the floor, I guess. Um, would be okay with it. So we arrive at the dance marathon, and Suki drops a bombshell on Lorelai about her relationship with Jackson. They're newlyweds. Yes. And Jackson thinks that they should have four and four, four babies in four years, which Lorelai is like, that's insane. It is. And Suki reports back to Jackson, Lorelai thinks that's insane. Mm -hmm. Bad call on that. But also, Jackson, you don't have to do, you have to carry any of that. No. You don't get to... You don't get to decide a timeline. I don't even think the Duggars had four and four unless they were like twins. They had a couple twins in there. Like that is, does that make sense even biologically? Yeah, man, Irish twins. You can just keep going, I guess. Wow. Her pelvic floor would be on the ground. Yeah. Like her pelvic floor would be on the ground. All the food at the Independence Inn and Dragonfly would suck because Suki always loses her taste buds yeah. when she's pregnant. It's it's really indicative of Suki's inability to have an honest conversation with Jackson. She does this yeah. several times where she just like like remember when she redecorates her whole house? Yes. She just cannot upset him. Yeah. Which I relate to. I find it the hardest to be honest with the people closest to me. Yeah. No, she like hides at the inn and eats Toblerones and watches TV. She fills the whole shed with all the boy clothes and stuff because jackson doesn't want to know what the gender is there's a lot of her like not knowing how to communicate Mm -hmm. with him but it's because he has crazy ideas like that i just want to know what the motivation is for a man to want that like that means four years of your wife being in pain sleep deprived sleep deprived not wanting anything to do with you I couldn't imagine. She's going to be breastfeeding for five years, essentially. You know, one thing I also love about this, um, and this kind of ties into, like, the next episode that we watched, and as somebody who's been doing very deep dives into the state of the Canadian economy, you know, he's a produce man, she's a business owner, Mm -hmm. and yet they believe they could afford four kids in four years. That's also crazy. That's insane to me. That's crazy. Lorelai always has the even though she doesn't like to tap into it, the safety net of her parents' money. Yeah. But everyone in Stars Hollow is comfortable. Yeah. It's a different time. It, but And also a TV show. I know yes. that. But four and four, financially crippling. Oh, yeah. And also, he knows that she's opening a business soon. Why is he putting that on? Her? I was just going to say, like... Don't be mad that she tells Lorelai, her business, business partner. partner. Yeah. And it's not even like she needs to ask for permission, but from a business standpoint, it feels a little selfish mm-hmm. to be like, by the way, I'm having four kids in four years. We just invested all this money and enjoy that. I think from Lorelai's perspective, she's like having a child was the single most life defining changing thing that ever happened to me. And you're very flippantly saying 
might have four in four years. And she's mm-hmm. like, I had one 17 years ago, and I still haven't fucking recovered. Nor have her relationships. Her relationships haven't. She Financially, she hasn't. Like, it still affects her whole life. And then these people are like, I guess it's, you know, the having a straight relationship with a man, I guess, is convenient. I guess so. I'm not really sure. Four kids. Jesus Christ. Well, we know someone who has four kids. Yeah. Not in four years. They didn't do it in four. How many years did they do it in? Ten? No. Eight. Eight? Seven. I think it was seven, actually. They did do two and two, though. Wow. Yeah. Um, One of the things, this is kind of out of order, but Lane has her crush on Dave Rogowski, played by a, a very young Adam Brody. Mm-hmm. I loved this plot line for Lane. I know. I loved him more than Zach as a partner for Absolutely. her. Did you ever do the call and hang up for a boy? I mean, oh, I never yeah. did because I never had boys in my life. Absolutely, I did. But you did? Absolutely, I did. Really? But you'd only hang up if, the, if their mom picked up. Not oh. if they picked up. If their mom picked up, you'd call back and try again. Okay. Because you didn't want to say to their mom, Hey, can, you can I talk to you something? Yeah, no. So funny. And the thing about this show is because, you know, we know so much about the behind the scenes is that Lane and Dave never got to be together because the OC started. I know. And he had to go be on the OC. They, so I, there was probably meant to be more. They really had to backpedal with that plot line. Oh, it's so disappointing. He does go to California, which I do love that when shows like literally send people away and then the next TV show takes place there. And even with Jess, when Jess eventually leaves, it was supposed to be a spinoff of him in California. And they show you an episode mm-hmm. just kind of like private practice in Grey's Anatomy. You get to see this episode of him in this other life and then they just never did it so jess is gone that tv show doesn't exist yeah so sad though that like it was never gonna like that sh- and oc ended up being successful because if it flopped <laughs> he'd come back he could have come back yeah he, I, I don't know i just feel like dave had like a, a kindness that, that zach is kind but like it just kind of felt like I don't know. They had to scramble to write them to fall in love with each other. I know. Justice for Lane. For sure. Justice for Lane forever. Forever. Um, so then we start dancing, and who rolls in to a town event? Jess Mariano and Shane. Mm-hmm. And Dean is already there watching to, like, support his girly. And Jess rolls in with a blondie, and they just start making out while watching, which gets Rory really upset, gets Dean upset. But that's just showing Dean's insecurity. Rory is like, I don't want to watch you make out with some girl because I like you. Mm -hmm. And it all eventually bubbles over. And Dean is like, just be with him. Yeah. I know you want to be with him. And he leaves. There, okay. The breakup scene is one of my favorites because he... Dean is an insufferable character to me. I agree. But this is the one point where I've seen him have a backbone where I'm like, good for you. Yeah. Like, she's humiliating you for a year. Mm -hmm. But he finally stands up for himself. And then they kind of, like, obviously... What's the episode where she, like, goes to his window to apologize or something? She, like... I don't know. She, like, climbs his window to apologize about stuff. I was watching it again because I've seen this, like, episode a million times. And the part where... Dean actually like stops dancing with Rory and like flips her hand away. There's this flash of excitement that comes over 
Jess's face mm-hmm. that I never caught on before. No, I didn't see it. And then it switches so quickly to like disbelief that this is actually happening. Yeah. Whatever we post, I'm going to post this on TikTok because it's such a subtle acting where I was like, this guy's really fucking good. Well, he was like 10 years older than the rest of them. He had time to work on that. Doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter. I thought it was such good acting because then there's almost this point where Jess and Jess is like, oh shit, it's Mm -hmm. actually worked. Like I've actually have to deliver on this with her. Yeah, because before that he was just fucking shit up. He was just causing problems to To cause problems. To see if he could. Yeah. It was low stakes. She kissed him though. Mm -hmm. And she always comes to him. Mm -hmm. Like she leaves to go to New York to, to visit him. What else did she do? She calls him for help for the the beanie. It was at eight o'clock at the Oasis. Oh yeah, yeah. The house with the the sprinklers and stuff. Yeah, yes. yeah. So he's always like she's seeking him out more than he's seeking her out. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was like such so well done that just that scene. I was like, yes, here we fucking go. In the meantime, Lorelai's shoe broke. She's having this moment with Luke, mm-hmm. where they're talking about kids, and Luke <laughs> reveals that he would be. It would be a discussion whether or not he wants to have kids with the right person. And of course, they're looking into each other's Mm -hmm. eyes. There was an oral history from Entertainment Weekly about this episode where Scott Patterson said that this was one of his favorite moments on the show. Yeah. And with Lauren Graham, because he said, the moment when they were all dancing, I was with Lauren, was probably my favorite moment on the show. I think it was my favorite moment with Lauren too. Whenever Luke supported her, helped her, I just thought that defined their relationship. Lorelai brought that out of him, those protective instincts in him that quote, I can protect you and I will be there for you and nothing will get in the way of that feeling. Mm -hmm. That's true friendship. It was magical. That's not friendship, baby. That's love. That's love. Didn't they notoriously not get along? Allegedly. Yeah. I think that like they were fine in the reboot. It wasn't like long, like detrimental, but I think they didn't like each other for a time during... I heard there was tension, which really takes it out for me. Not as bad as, like, Samantha and Carrie. Yeah. But I just love these, like, always foreshadowing hints of Luke and Lorelai. Yeah, which is funny when we cut to the next episode, which is essentially a year later, where they are. He's married and lives with another woman. Oh, is he married at this time? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I guess maybe I watched the next episode, but he is already married. With Nicole. He got married and then divorced and then they stay married. Right. Yeah. What would you rate this episode? I mean, comfort rating? Um, uh, Comfort. It's like an 8.9 on the comfort scale. 8.9 broken kitten heels out of 10. I'm going to go 10 out of 10 egg salad sandwiches. (laughs) The bread starts to turn in 20 minutes. After that, there's no point. You'll chip a tooth. Why is Mrs. Kim my favorite character now? Because she named her first podcast. <laughs> she did name her first podcast. I do love her. So also, I know we've been doing our favorite Taylor Swift song, but isn't there a song that people are like, Taylor Swift wrote it about Gilmore Girls? Let me see. But I don't know what relationship it's supposed to be about. Oh, Champagne Problems. Is about... Isn't it about Laura, uh, Rory and Logan? Is it about Rory and Logan? I, that's what I assumed. I don't know if it actually is, but that's what people say it is. That's the only one? But then people say it's also like inspired by little women. I feel like based on Rory and Jess's future or other experiences together, they should be out of the woods. But is there another song people are saying is like Rory and Jess? Um, Rory. That's the way I loved you, which is 
screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain. It's 2 a.m. and I'm cursing your name. Mm. People say that red reminds them of Jess and Rory. What's another one? I knew you were trouble. <laughs> I would say I this knew you were trouble. Is, I is, knew you were trouble, yeah. That's a great one. I would say that that's a great one to that put through. That is a great one. Yeah, that'll be our episode. We'll we'll make a, we'll make a TikTok with I knew you were trouble because if <laughs> I don't think I don't know why our TikTok didn't do well of the mastermind and uh, you've got mail, but sure. Yeah, that's a good one. What's but another one? Only show clips from they shoot Gilmore's, don't they? Of him walking in, yeah, and making out. Now lying on the cold hard ground when she's trying mm-hmm. to kick Lorelai. <laughs> um, what's another one? Gilmore girls' relationships as Taylor Swift songs. This is probably. Dean is like death by a thousand cuts. Um, they say Rory and Jess his getaway car. See, I said out of the woods. Why don't we hit the brakes too soon? Thirty stitches in the hospital. That's a good one too. Lane and Dave is enchanted. <laughs> <laughs> Paris and Doyle is me. That's the worst Taylor Swift song. It is the worst Taylor Swift. And Doyle is the worst person ever. Rogan. Uh, Rogan. I guess you could call them Rogan. Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> Champagne problems. Mm-hmm. Luke and Lorelai invisible string. Oh. That's a good one. That's cute, that actually. That is really cute. I love Invisible And Strain. they said Dean and Rory is tolerated, but I don't know if I would say that that's tolerated. No. Maybe if you put it over the episode where she dresses up and, like, makes him dinner. <laughs> True. I would say, like, Dean and Rory remind me more of, like, Fearless Taylor mm-hmm. and Speak Now Taylor, but then the Dean repeat where she, like, breaks up his marriage... That is more like folklore mm-hmm. evermore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let us know if you want us to do a whole episode where we put <laughs> TV and movie relationships to Gilmore Girls or to Taylor Swift songs. Yeah. And we'll do it. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next episode. The next episode that I chose, surprisingly, was Ted Koppel's Big Night Out from season four, which I don't usually love, but something about when I was thought to think about fall, I think about the Harvard-Yale game because... Collegiate, the sweaters, yeah, and there's someone's name in that we just love to say. It's just such a good name to say. Penelin Lot, Penelin Lot. We do not refer to Penelin Lot by any other name than Penelin Lot. (laughs) It's so good. This was also made November or premiered November eighteenth, two thousand four. So like we're I'm I'm almost on track with all these Novembers. Yes, season four, episode nine. This is, really, we're in such different places. Jess is gone. Rory's got a haircut. Thank God. Oh, I don't know. She looks so good with a fuck-ass bob. You think so? I do. I love her hair. Like, her hair in the later seasons is my dream hair. It's the Zoe Deschanel, the bangs, the long. I think this haircut makes her look like a baby. And it makes anything she does to me just seem immature. But don't you have that haircut where, like, you're like, I'm in, I'm a college girl now. Yeah. I got to cut my hair because she always had little girl, untouched, undyed hair. Yeah. So her cutting her hair is kind of like a, I'm a woman now. It's just, to me, it just, I thought, not good. No? No. I, at the time, though, I honestly probably wanted it at the time. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to look like Rachel Lee Cook, which is basically just a bob mullet. Bob. Styled differently. Yeah. I thought she looks great. This is introducing one of Lorelai's boyfriends who I have a love-hate relationship with in Jason Digger Styles. Yeah. I feel like there's something about him. I want him to be like a Mr. Big for her. 
like he he has this money he's part of her world in a way like he understands her world but he's like maybe it's the actor or something he's just like not likable like he gives me the ick there's something i think well i should back this up this whole thing is essentially about the harvard yale game that emily and richard show their tailgating skills and it's the tailgating skills that include a maid and a chef one of the which is the only way i would want to tailgate (laughs) and it's one of the prime examples where like they try so desperately to bring Lorelai into mm-hmm. the part of the life that they want for Rory. And then it just goes horribly wrong and is somehow all Lorelai's fault. Yeah. We're not in Halloween fall, but we're in autumnal New England, which I assume is your favorite kind of fall. Anything New England is my favorite time, but yes. And oh my God. Okay. This episode starts with Luke saying he made pumpkin pancakes with homemade cinnamon butter. Mm-hmm. I don't like any of those flavors. I want it. Can you make it? <laughs> yeah, I can make that for you. Can you make it? I can make that for you anytime I was I like, I'm fucking in on this meal. <laughs> Luke's the, he's the ultimate guy. He is the um, ultimate, somehow he's fit, but not yeah. intimidatingly so, but yeah. he'll give you pancakes all the mm-hmm. time. Somehow he is running an empire and Luke's doesn't even serve <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> He's running an empire. He's running, running a legacy shop. <laughs> sure. Yeah, anyways. He's, he's got his name above the door, man. That's all that matters. He's got such a, a soft heart for his hometown. Anyways, mm-hmm. just that one part where I was like, I don't know if this wouldn't really be seen as fall until he says pumpkin pancakes. And I was like, He it's does fall. say pumpkin pancakes. The next episode, because I kept watching, there is fully snow everywhere. Mm. So this is like, but then the episode after that, they say it's the third snowfall of the season. So it is transitioning. It's not quite winter. Okay. They say it's the third snowfall because the first snow, or they missed snowfalls because they were busy. Okay. But yeah, so it's it's on the cusp of winter. But November's fall. Yeah, it's not the fall I love, but it's, I mean, listen, if you're in Southern Ontario right now, it's it's 27 degrees outside. Yeah. It's, it's hot as shit. Yeah. So this also, okay, so this episode begins with um, Rory and Paris having lunch with Richard mm-hmm. and introduces one of my favorite Paris plot points, which is her relationship with Asher Fleming, mm-hmm. her May December romance with this old old man, which uh, later Rory calls it's not May December, it's May Ming Dynasty. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's so old, he's so old. Mm-hmm. They didn't even bother getting a super hot actor to play it. No, and it's better that he's British. It's also better that he's Basil from Austin Powers. Oh my god, it's so good. I know. And she's like, she the way Paris talks about Asher is just ick. ick and ick. his kids. <laughs> and he gives her a was a loom, a weaving. No, it's a printing, a, press. a printing press. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's a great storyline that it kicks off from there. So you and I, we've never been to Yale, but we've been to Harvard. We have been to Harvard. I actually, I was previously this year planning a trip to Connecticut and I had Yale sites picked out and then we just decided not to go. But I I had planned to go. Well, it's, I think the color scheme of Yale is more my favorite with the blue than the crimson. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, like, I am not into football, unless when it crosses over with Taylor Swift, which it now is, which I never thought 
whatever happened. Mm Mm-hmm. But the Harvard-Yale football rivalry is, like, apparently a really big thing. Oh. And that began in 1875. Oh. I did some research on it. I see that. So the winner of this, like, esteemed matchup doesn't take a physical prize, but it's one of the most anticipated games of the year for both teams. The game is scheduled annually as the last contest of the year for both teams, as the Ivy League does not participate in postseason play for football, blah, 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 blah. It's also supposed to be, like, one of the last times that seniors can, like, rep their school. So that's why it's, like, more important than ever, I guess. Who do you think is winning out of all of the matches that they've had, Harvard or Yale? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. It's got to be close, right? And say Harvard? Yeah. No, actually, it's Yale. (laughs) 69 wins, 61 losses, 8 ties. Not far off, though. Not far. But I feel like that would really get in the craw of some white people who go to Harvard. Because mm-hmm. who cares? Like, I've never, I don't have that kind of, like, competitive spirit. No. I'd be like, I don't give a shit. But, like, it's such big business. Like, look at tailgate. Have you ever tailgated anything? No. No. I wouldn't even know how. I would, like, no. We, I, ca- I can't even imagine. And we don't care who knows. I've, That's me and you. I've seen people tailgate at country concerts oh (laughs) but like i've never understood like aren't you shit-faced by the time the game starts Mm -hmm. i think that's the point but i could get behind um having what were they having steak and seemingly ranch yeah ketchup and seemingly (laughs) ranch some chicken tendies with an rv and some bloody marys Mm -hmm. by uh miss emily gilmore Mm -hmm. there have been 19 handsome dan's which is oh, the dog mascot. I don't know this That's fact. so sad. That is so sad. But also, like these dogs win the jackpot of life because they're so like taken care of. I I don't. They live forever. No, they actually don't live that long. Like nineteen doesn't sound like a lot. Well, dogs don't live that long in general. They don't. Maybe so. they went some years without a handsome Dan. And like they would have the money to pay for like every vet bill that would ever be needed. Hip replacements. Oh, so that's like the most extended lifeable dog could have, realistically. So sad. Ugh. Um, the reason why I wanted to introduce this episode was because I feel like this is the real turning point for Richard and Emily's marriage. Mm-hmm. Where we learned that Richard has been having an annual lunch with his college sweetheart Penelin Lot for thirty nine years. Mm-hmm. Would you be upset to learn that fact? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. 39 years into being married, I'd be like, I've slept with the pool boy. I don't give a shit. That's so long into like, I don't know. I saw this funny TikTok the other day. You know, uh, Jenna Elfman. From yeah. Dharma. Her husband. Makes... She's a Scientologist. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we don't condone what she does otherwise, but her and her husband make TikToks. And he said, what would you do if you found out I had cheated? She'd like, first of all, I'd ask you like, like I'd ask you questions about it because I'd be kind of like proud of you because like you haven't slept with anyone else in 30 years. So I'd be like, how'd you bag that? And then he's like, I'd ask the guy, like, did she have to talk to you for an hour before you actually got to sleep with her? Oh, my God. Or is that just for me? And I thought that was really funny that, like, you've been married for 30 years and the thought of your partner having sex with somebody else almost makes you more interested in them because someone else would want to sleep with them. But I think the pain of knowing that, like, they have seen each other for lunch once a year since you were married, it's not something that's newer 
It's not something that's like since your relationship had been strained, like from day one, he was like, I still can't have this woman not in my life. Mm-hmm. And we learn later that like his mother never wanted him to marry Emily. So there's a there's a lot of history there. I don't know why I okay, I would be devastated if I found out that that was happening with Matt. But in a weird way, I can objectively look at it as romantic. It doesn't involve me. Yeah. And it doesn't involve Emily, but there's a like have you seen that movie 45 years or something? No. It's with like Charlotte Rampling and this other old man. And basically they're about to celebrate their 45th anniversary. And she discovers that he never got over his first girlfriend who like died mm-hmm. in something. She, I, I don't really remember the ending, but there's like this objective moment where you realize like who this person was is like, you still don't know everything about your partner. Yeah. Even though you have... And it doesn't negate anything that you have. But, like, I think it's in a weird way. Like, they never were physical, him and Penel in law that we know of. It's mm-hmm. just lunch. Yeah. And I would trust him to say that it's just lunch. But that is, like, oddly romantic. That, like, what, he wouldn't sleep with her? No, that he wouldn't sleep with her, but that, like... They have something and like and I guess like the the way we were and it's like this touchstone to like who they used to be. Yeah. At these in these like golden years of their life where it's yeah. I don't know. It, it's just something that exists outside of him and Emily. I feel like I could understand why somebody would do that. I think honestly, like my first instinct would be like betrayal and my second feeling would be jealousy that I don't have that. Exactly. That, like I don't have someone who would want to sneak away from their wife once a year. You're my whole life. Yeah. And for and there's still a part of your life that I'm not in. Yeah, I think that would be cuz it is romantic. It is. But there's the that thing about Emily where she Richard is her whole life. Like yes. running his household, taking care of him is like the way that she shows love for him. Yeah. So I could I totally understand her feeling betrayed because it's almost as if like that is that not enough. Yeah. She doesn't have a career. She never leaves the house except for like these charity things. Yes. And yet he has this whole life outside of her that she can't touch. Yeah, and she's often said like you think like my life is a joke. Like the mm-hmm. things I do for you aren't important and they're all for you though. Like I don't go to these things for me. I do them because I'm your wife and I'm supposed to like maintain our presence in these circles and people's opinion of us and all of that and he kind of mocks her for it sometimes that would be tolerated yeah that would be tolerated that's really funny yeah i don't know if i was her i don't do you throw away 39 years of marriage because of it i'm not sure but i think you definitely reassess like i don't have anything for me Oh, yeah, and I'd make him buy me things. Oh, for sure. Milk it to the ground. Absolutely. Well, then she goes away to Europe. Yes. Uh, She basically goes on this quest to, like, figure out her life or punish him, essentially, for not taking her seriously. Yeah. Which I feel like so many couples, like, I know couples in my life who I found out that they had breaks, who are happily married, and I had no idea. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But, like... I, you would think sometimes that people have just always been married and always together. Yeah. But it's interesting because Emily's first reaction is to blame Lorelai. I know. Which, which is so sad. I know. And it's it just it shows their, like, well, I don't know. I guess 
Emily isn't comfortable blaming Richard for things. The way Suki can't be honest. Yeah. Everyone, everyone can shit on Lorelai, though. No problem. It propels Lorelai to pursue things with Jason, yes. which I feel like almost every relationship Lorelai has is almost in a way to spite her parents. Yeah, she does stuff just to annoy him, it seems. What do you think of Jason? Well, what do you think of Jason? Mm-hmm. Would you ever date somebody like Jason? No, I don't think so. He's a little too, I would just say, like, put together, but put together in a way that you couldn't take apart. You yeah. know, like, even his dog is weird. His lifestyle is weird. He has permanent quirks. Like, you. well, you find out That's later. mental illness. That's yeah. OCD. Exactly. You find out later he can't sleep in a bed with another person. But then, like, is like, but you get this whole beautiful spare bedroom with a TV that rises out of the bed. I don't know. I guess if you really like a person and their quirks don't really get in the way. But I'm a lot like Lorelai where I'm a lot more like low key, chill. And I don't know if I could handle living with someone who's OCD. I feel like Jason is probably the one maybe outside. Well, I don't know. I feel like Christopher is obviously like a legacy romance in her life but i feel like jason is the one person who can go tete-a-tete with lorelei yeah in a way but he lacks the like throw you against a wall and have like take you yeah that luke has he could go a little to the left like his dog a little to the left (laughs) that's it but there was one thing like watching this that stood out to me was okay first of all I don't think I ever went on a date with anyone where they planned, like, reservations to a really fancy restaurant. Yeah. And she pulls such a dick move. That was really strange. By complaining that they were in a private room. Yeah. When all he said was, I just want to get to know you. Yeah. Focus on you and this dinner. And she's like, well, no, I I can't see, like, the point of being here is, like, to focus on everybody else. Yeah, it's something that you could bring up, like, later on after the fact. Like, in the future, like, I really like going to loud places or places with lots of energy. And can we try that next time? But while she literally sits down and is like, what's going on out there? Why can't we be out there? And then he's like, it may- completely defeats him. He's like, okay, fine, let's just leave. That's the stunted part of Lorelai where she kind of... When she clocks in the people at the um, the grocery store, yeah, she does these things that like teenage boys would do. Yeah, like if she jumped up and touched the ceiling of like a door, like a door frame, <laughs> I would be like, yeah, that's that's Lorelai. Yeah, like there's this these quirks that she's supposed to have that are just kind of like, a, oh, you never grew up. Yeah, or you had never had somebody say like that's really going to fuck up somebody in accounting's life. And I was like, to me, yeah. I'm just there where I'd be like, don't touch that. Yeah, exactly. And then when they go to the taco place, he's like, oh, I don't like tacos, but you still go ahead and eat. And then she like throws a little tantrum by being like, well, I'm not going to eat alone. That's not fine. I would throw that tantrum because I, this is something that I actually get in fights with my husband about. I don't like when people like won't match my energy or like, I don't want to be the person who's like leading the charge on things we do because I want everyone to have a good time. So when people say like, oh no, you go ahead, but I'm not going to, I go, no, I don't fucking want it. I don't, I hate that. I'm always looking for people to like be as excited for something as I am. And if they're not, I don't, it takes it, it ruins it for me. When does Logan really come in? Logan? I think he, he briefly starts showing up around the time that she's, it's, it's not, it's the end of this season. So yeah, the end of the season, beginning of next season. So at the end of this season or the start of the next season, 
Asher dies. And when they're hanging up posters for his memorial, which is just like people coming to their dorm room, he is like, why are you hanging up posters of some old dead guy? Okay, because so, that makes sense. Yes. Because this, the whole Marty thing to me seemed like a waste. I'm not sure why they had that storyline, and they never really quite explain it. I'll, I just know based on what dorm room she's in, what year it mm-hmm. is. So, yeah, while they're in their second year of Yale, the f- like first episode, she meets Logan. Mm. And I believe things with Dean... Things with Dean are still happening. Yeah. But, they, you know, we know where that goes. Well, because the Dean ends with Rory's birthday party with the Logans at... Uh yes emily's house yes but oh my i have so many feelings about the dean and rory reprise it's not even funny it's really bad what would you rate this episode in terms of fall and in terms of comfort in terms of fall it definitely has fall vibes and so in terms of fall yeah it's like like an eight on the fall scale in terms of comfort i don't always love this episode because it's stressful I don't really like Emily being mad at everybody. I don't like, you know, everyone's just mad at everybody. And I don't love the Duggar, the Duggar, the Digger times. <laughs> I'm not a big Digger fan. He's okay. Like, it's just uh, the reason I love season four is because at the end of it, Luke and Lorelai end up together in the yeah. finale. And everything to me is just another stepping stone into getting that together. So I love season four. But um, I could honestly skip this episode. Really? Yeah. I picked it specifically so that we could talk about the penal and lot of it all. Mm-hmm. I don't love collegiate years, but I would still give it like a six and a half. Mm-hmm. Six and a half Yale branded steaks out of ten. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's good. I mean, it has a lot of good things going for it. We didn't even touch on the whole butt napkins with Brennan. There's been a lot of frogs, man. Like, <laughs> there's been a lot of frogs. Yeah, there's been a lot of frogs. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I just think like even when it's bad, Gilmore Girls is still great. I also would just like to say I'm a straight hair Lorelai fan, not a curly hair Lorelai fan. Okay, so this is what I was gonna say before. I think this is Rory's worst hair and Lorelai's best hair. But Lorelai's hair takes a turn later, and you know what? I'm gonna say it. Me and her have the same hair texture. I totally get it. We have thick, kind of wiry hair. And later in later seasons, they aren't like thinning it out as well. They're not giving taking her to dry bar. It's just not doing. What's the one episode where she needs to get a haircut? Yeah, it's it's when when they are getting the inn ready to open, and Suki has a baby and is supposed to like show up to meet the people to make sure that it's the right oven. And she had a hair appointment and she had to leave it with her hair wet. And everyone just keeps saying her hair looks terrible, but like her hair doesn't look that bad until she like literally goes into a shampoo bowl and then has to leave while her hair is wet. But literally, everyone in the episode's like, "What's going on with your hair?" Yeah, I think it's so funny. But yeah, I think this is Lorelai's best hair time, Rory's worst hair time. For and me I, personally. I disagree. I say that it's one of Rory's strongest. <laughs> However, Rory has this is not a slight on Alexis Bledel, but just something I noticed posture wise. There's something going on with her back. Yes, that the hair used to cover, mm-hmm. but this cable net that she wears in this episode, hi- like hides it. So, like, I think, what's the episode where they go, uh, girls in bikinis, boys doing the twist, when they go on um, uh, spring break? Yeah. That's when I noticed it the most. I was like, what's going on I've here? I've always noticed that about her. She has, like, a, it's a bit of, like, a humpback. Taylor Swift had it, too. Yeah. I think she probably did some floor work, some PT. Yeah, yeah I've always noticed that. 
Now, I say like season three, four, Laura, uh, sorry, two, three, Lorelai hair, my favorite. Mm. When it's super dark. When the, when the highlights start coming, I tap out. Yeah. That's all we have for this week. Let us know if you liked us covering TV. If there are other episodes that you'd like us to co- like to cover, maybe I think we're going to revisit some more for Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Yeah. So in about like a month and a bit, probably. Yeah. So that wraps up our Gilmore Girls fall themed episode. I liked it. I liked it too. I we, It's hard because like I would love to do all of Gilmore Girls, but that that's like a podcast all its own. Like it's. I'm not going to lie. I feel like we're going to get there. <laughs> One day we'll watch all of the movies and then we'll just start watching episode by episode. It'll be on our Patreon. We're going to be doing this forever. Till I die. Absolutely. Until I lose my sight. <laughs> and even then, I'll be like, no, it we'll, sounds like fall. We'll use the descriptive video for you. It'll be great. Exactly. What are we watching next week? Well, next week is in November mm-hmm. and we should make the month a little sweet. A little sweet. <laughs> sweet November. Get ready to cry. I've never seen this movie, so this will be my first take on it. I'm excited. You're going to love it. Keanu, Charlize. A pre-9-11 world. Oh, God. Let's go, baby. <laughs> so, uh, in the meantime, please check out our Instagram and our TikTok at Comfort Watch Podcast. Our TikTok is is popping, man. I love our TikTok. And our Instagram, you know, a lot of the same content, but also we post stories and we tell you what our comfort wrecks are every week. So you can actually go and like click the people we're talking about. You know, you don't have to like write anything down. And uh, yeah, a little extras, a little bit extra on on the Instagram. And you can always email us at uh, comfortwatchpod at gmail.com. We check it every once in a while. So hopefully nothing urgent, but please send one along. And until then, stay comfy and stay cozy. Bye. Bye.